Life Uncut podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This episode is recorded on Gadigal land of the Aurora Nation. And welcome back to another episode of Ask Uncut. I'm Laura. It's Life Uncut. It's Ask Uncut's version. <laughs> Fuck, we have done a few records today and my brain is fried. This is a Life Uncut and this is Thursday's edition. So this is Ask Uncut where we answer your deepest, darkest, burning questions. Some sexy, sometimes not. I am Brittany. That was Laura. Hello. We also have, we've got a producer, Keisha, she's going to drop in and, well, she's got an interesting story that we're going to get into well, telling, shortly. Talking about like sexy stories and sexy questions, the reason why producer Keisha is here and she's joining us on this episode is because she has a very sexy story to share with us. Well, I'm going to actually throw Keisha under the bus a little bit, but I know she's not going to mind. That's why I'm doing it. So you guys, if you follow along at home, you know that Keisha has an obsession with many things, but she has an obsession with my dog, Delilah. She okay, wait, 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 wait. Well, 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 well. the narrative. Also, firstly, just like welcome. Welcome, hey, Keisha. Here hi, she hi, is. Hi. Keisha is Delilah's Godmother, I guess. <laughs> I feel as though we're in a co-parenting relationship at this point. My housemate said, what's that thing called when like you stay in a house for long enough and then you get the rights to the house? And I was like, do you mean squatters rights? And he's like, yeah, when do we get that for Delilah? They're trying <laughs> to steal my dog. So can- okay, but anytime Brick goes away, Keisha is Brit's unofficial unpaid dog sitter, basically. <laughs> Keisha, yeah, Keisha takes Delilah. She's been, she's probably the only person I trust with Delilah because she's been there since she was a puppy and she loves her as much as I do. So I feel very safe in leaving Delilah in your hands. But you have discovered something. You just looked after her while I went to Bali. So you had her for a couple of weeks before you joined us in Bali. And you have discovered something that I have also discovered. <laughs> You discovered it to a new level. Now, Delilah has a bit of like separation anxiety. She likes to be pretty close to us at all times. She's a very affectionate dog. And also because both of us like have jobs where we mostly work from home, we spend a lot of time with her. So she doesn't she doesn't go very long without one of us with her. And also when she comes to her Aunty Keisha's house, she is allowed to sleep in bed with me. Now, sometimes... <laughs> Keisha likes to sleep in bed with other people also. (laughs) So talk us through. Keisha got lucky. Wow. We're just jumping in. So Keisha had sex, everybody, and that's why we brought her on the podcast to congratulate her. Congratulations, Keisha. Keisha was penetrated. It was good too. Unfortunately, I I have a feeling that this might have been a menage a trois that someone didn't ask for. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like my sexual experiences with Menage a Trois. I mean, she's trying to say Delilah, but that's <laughs> also awkward. <laughs> I was like, pardon? You're like, I, I swear it wasn't a threesome on that occasion, mm. I think. So when we were catching up, you know, after our holidays in Bali, Britt was like, oh, so, you know, how's your holiday? Obviously a conversation that we have all the time is like, who are you hooking up with? Personally, privately, not on the national podcast. No. And so Britt asked me that question and I was like, oh, you know, this." I was telling a story of, you know, what happened. 
And she kind of paused at one point and she looked at me and she was like, how was Delilah in all of this? And I was like, mate, we <laughs> have created. You need to go back and tell us what did happen. You scooted over the penetration <laughs> part. I'm not going to go into the intimate details. Well, what you can tell us, is this someone you have been seeing? Was this a one night stand? Is it a, was it a setup? Or just, I mean, like, let's just set the scene. TBC. Okay, so that means Not a one night stand. Was it planned? Were you like, I'm bringing no. home someone tonight? Absolutely not planned. Spontaneous. Very spontaneous. Delilah wasn't expecting it. (laughs) Delilah was not prepped. She was not (laughs) expecting it. My legs were shaved, but Delilah's definitely were. (laughs) Okay, so you you get home, you're getting frisky, you're in your room. And I kicked Delilah out of my bedroom because I was like, that's weird having, you know, for starters, Delilah's not actually my dog. So... It's just a bit I mean, of, it's still weird when your own dog's watching you. Totally. Like, so for me, but it's, it's but it's, you're probably causing more trauma when you're babysitting a dog <laughs> yeah. and they're watching like their auntie, <laughs> yeah. like the wild auntie having sex. That's weirder. Odd. And I just, I just didn't need Delilah's eyes on me in the moment, right? So I kick her out of the room. And Laws, as you've experienced a lot with it, when we kick her out of the recording studio, she's very vocal. She's oh, yeah. very, very vocal. She's even more vocal at like three o'clock in the morning. I'd call it passion, but you could call it vocal. She's passionate. <laughs> and what I could hear from the outside of my room was, <gasps> and that was just the guy she was having sex with. And <laughs> what I'm getting from this is that what Delilah could hear from inside the room was exactly the same sounds. She was doing that mimic thing that She's some like animals do. She's like yeah. a <laughs> We've taught her to mimic us. So in my head, I was like, fuck, she's being so noisy. Number one, people may think that this is me. Number two, I'm just going to piss off my neighbours. But also number three, also very distracting. Hard to yeah. get really into the like yeah, mm, kudos of the to groove mm. when you've got the distraction of someone else moaning in the background. Like a really whiny dog as well. Okay, okay so, so you're, kind you're of harmonising, w- then what Yes, we're harmonising. She's the soprano of the choir. So at this point, I was kind of like, oh, what am I going to do? Like, I'm either going to wake up all of the neighbours and want to piss them all off. Like, what's the solution here? So I let her into the bedroom. <laughs> okay, because you thought that would be better if she watched Well, you. I thought she would be more quiet. And then she decided that she wanted to participate. She thought we were playing, okay? She thought it <laughs> we're wrestling. Like, Dad, we're wrestling. <laughs> She thought it was a game. She was very distracting. I was pushing her off and she thought again that that was like a part of what was happening. She's like, cool, I'm getting thrown off the bed. I jump back up. I move around. How do I get involved, guys? And Britt, your dog is the end of my sex life. Okay, well, I mean, it's a lot of pressure to put on Delilah. I don't know if you – and let's actually – actually, something's just hit me hard. I've had a realisation. Delilah is what gets you your sex life. She's it's your true. pick up on the promenade. You take her to the pub. So it's only normal that she comes full circle and she's also the detriment. No, she's, she's a like, great wing woman. No, she gets you your sex life, then cock blocks you at the end. That's not a good, that's not a wingman. As well, it turns out, she does get a lot of attention. So like there are pros and cons. Okay. okay. <laughs> I put Delilah actually, which is a main feature in my online dating profiles. Like she's, I mean, she's my entire life, as you all know. So she's a main feature. She's probably in four out of five photos. She gets picked up on the dating profile more than me. Everyone that comments, everyone that wants to talk to me, all they want to talk about is the dog. They, no, can they walk the dog? Can they walk the dog? In. She's so pretty. I'm like, well, hey, I'm in that photo. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, my eyes match hers. It's, uh, I don't know if you saw me in the background there. It's because it's an easy in for someone. Like having a dog or a baseball bat or like literally I'm like – Sorry, a baseball bat? Because people like, is Laura's online day. People are like, oh, you like sport. Like it's having an object or an animal or something in photos is just like such an easy 
icebreaker. But like, look, yes, but it's not all you like dogs. The comments I get is, oh, she's very beautiful, isn't she? And I'm like, mm. I'm with Laura on this one. Very easy sliding. That's why she makes a good wing well, woman. Why do you think I bought her? She may- <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, but my question is now. I mean, that sounds like a fucking truly horrific situation. I mean, kudos to him. Like, because he kept going. Did you finish? Well, well and truly. Yeah. Did, did like, how well many times? Him? Twice, actually. Good job. That was fucking great. Despite all of the obstacles that Delilah threw in there, you really got you got there in the end. Well, what I want to add Twice. in is like, I actually went and did some research. With dogs wanting to watch you have sex, there's sort of like these two main vibes, right? One is that they're either really protective. That's, that's the more protective dogs, maybe like the working breeds or the Dobermans or the Rottweilers or that kind of a thing, which is Delilah. But often they get protective and they, they actually think they're humans in trouble because we all know some of the sounds we make are questionable. But they think- What sounds do you make? <laughs> that's it. Just that. Yeah, I see. Did okay. you You'd be a loud bitch for no, sure. No, I'm not That's giving you my sex sure. sounds on here. They're definitely better than yours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, but they're either, they think that you're in pain, and which is, if you think about it, lots of people scream and make these sounds when you're having sex. Buster doesn't care. He would just sit in the corner and be like, oh, fucking hell, seven minutes. Buster Let's doesn't go. care much about anything, does he? Buster's here like, we go. stop this'll, waking me up. This will be done. This will be over quick. Always is. <laughs> Exactly, Laura. The other thing is that they're affectionate, they're loving, and they just want to be involved because they think you're wrestling. So they don't know what you're doing, though. The vet said they, act, they don't know you're procreating, but they know that something's going on. They can sense a level of affection. Okay, so but this is the question. Regardless of what the dog's intention is around what's happening. I think it's very important. <laughs> are you okay with having sex with your dog in the room watching? Uh, nah. Nah, outside. Can't do it. Nah, I don't like it. Keisha's clearly fine with it, so I don't need to, oh, I mean, I don't I need to, to open the room up. I'm not into it because I feel like especially – it depends on the dog, but with Delilah, she's so human that I feel like she's judging me and I feel like she knows exactly what's going on. It's, she's just too real for me, so I have to look her outside. They are judging you, but also I think this conversation She's like, expanded. that is not how you do doggy. But you know <laughs> – <laughs> those crying eyes let me show you let me show you but also don't you think Kate I shouldn't really put dogs and children in the same basket but I'm gonna do that only because for like what for six months Lola slept in a bassinet next to our bed like that's where she slept I feel like she's gonna have a lot of trauma from this like you're gonna have to she's gonna have to unpack that stuff when she's older Babies, babies sleep in the cot next to you so like it's obviously quite self-limiting. Sometimes it's like, you know, that's, that's another reason why when new mums have babies, it can have an impact on your sex life. Many reasons, but that's one of them. But like there have been so many times where Matt and I have been like, cool, kids asleep. Let's go for it. And then rolled over and she's just there at the side of the cot like, hello. <laughs> and, you're like, ah. and you're like, what are the chances? This happens three times a year. Lola, yeah. <laughs> fuck off. Lola, Laura rolls over and Googles like, what age do kids develop memory? Yeah. <laughs> I reckon that's probably why. Three. Three is when it sets in. I've Googled that many times. Anyway, should we get into the questions for Ask Uncut? Well, congratulations anyway, Keish. You got Thanks, mate. You got lucky, and from what I've heard, he's a great guy, great looking guy. And um, Delilah's as neurotic as ever, so I don't think that you've actually done anything to her. No, <laughs> she's not traumatized yet. She's not as traumatized <laughs> as Lola will be. <laughs> All right, let's kick this off. We have so many bloody great questions. Unfortunately, we can only answer three. But for everyone, <laughs> if you have a question for Ask Uncut, you can slide on into the DMs at Life Uncut Podcast. And you'll go into the list for next week. But here is question number one. And it is also a sexy, saucy question. 
All right, girls, a bit of context. I'm in my mid-30s and I was in a long-term relationship for a lot of my 20s. I've been having a good time hooking up with new people, but my sister has started to raise her eyebrows about this. And the other day she said straight to my face, aren't you getting a little bit old for this now? What do you guys think? Is there an age limit when it comes to having one-night stands? Is there an age limit when it comes to having one-night stands? For me, I'm going to straight out, this is really easy. I think there is absolutely no age limit for you to go out and get lucky. I don't think it matters how old you are. I don't matter if you're just of legal age or if you are rocking the nursing home. What about like 85? Like you're out there just having a one-nighter, coming home being like, fuck, that was wild. So they do, okay. so In the nursing homes. Yeah, I have a friend that was a nurse in a nursing home and it is – STI is wild. It is wild. They creep out at night and they just – Zimmer frame. Yep. They're not, they don't go very fast, you know but what, they do get there. Do you know what's even crazier is that most of them would wake up the next day and forgotten that they had sex because they probably got dementia. Well, I don't think they even know who it is. <laughs> it's probably in the dark. But they, but they but the, the point is like sex, people of all ages love sex. Like that will never end. And I also think, oh, I mean, I think by the time you're in a nursing home, you've really lived. You don't care anymore. You don't know how long you got left. You're probably like, I'm going to go and live my best life. I reckon we need to make this more, when we say there's no age limit, let's make this more age specific to the people who listen to this podcast because I would question whether there's any 85-year-olds listening to Life Uncut. No, but the point is there isn't an age limit. I don't think it matters. I don't, I don't know. I think it's a pretty shitty comment from your sister to say, aren't you too old for a one-night stand? Because I hope the time never comes. If I'm single, I want to be able to have sex at any age, at any time, with whomever I want. Yeah, and I think that that's the big the big take-home from this. It's I don't think this is age-related. This is like very slut-shamey. This is very slut-shamey of your sister. It's like, you know what, because she's not at that point in her life, maybe she's married, maybe she's she's in a relationship this there's a lot of judgment that's loaded into her response of being like aren't you too old for this like take that with a bit of side of guilt for how you're behaving or for, for like the the needs and the wants that you have also you're only in your mid-30s totally <laughs> but also even if you're in your mid-40s I genuinely think it's not so much an age thing it's probably a situational thing and like where are you at in life so for example you know Maybe if you have really young kids and you're going out and you're hooking up every night of the week, then sure, maybe there's probably some point where someone's going to say like, oh, hey, you know, where are your priorities? But also it's no one's fucking business where your priorities are. Like that is up to you and that is up to you to dictate. doesn't necessarily mean that everyone always makes the best decisions in life. Dictate. Oh God. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Maybe one night stands aren't necessarily conducive at every point in life. There probably are some times where there's limitations around it. Does that mean that you can't go out and have them? Absolutely not. Does it mean that you're a bad person if you go out and have them? Absolutely not. Like if you are, like for example, if you are a single mom and you have the opportunity, kids are at whoever's, the dads, the babysitters, they're taken care of, you have the opportunity to go out and have a fucking great time. You should feel no guilt for being able to, one, feel sexually satisfied, two, get that cup full and everything else full at the same time. You shouldn't have to feel guilt for that. And I think, you know, there is, like you said, Britt, there is no age limit to having sexual needs. There is no age limit to having sexual desires. And if you're someone who's single and your way of satisfying that is to have one night stands, I definitely wouldn't be putting up with someone making me feel guilty for that. Yeah, and on top of that, not that this matters, but you did say you're in a relationship for most of your 20s. So go and explore. Live your best life. Do what you need to do. Maybe you do feel like you're ticking off boxes that you didn't get to tick in your 20s. And I think that's a big thing, right? Like if you've had a long-term relationship, if you feel like you were robbed of something, because a lot of people might do the one-night stands in their 20s, right? And then their 30s may be when they settle down. That's what society tells us is what people do. 
it's okay to go against what other people want for themselves and what society tells you is your timeline. If you missed out on something in your 20s, and you want to make up for it in your 30s, fucking go for it. Like your life can be lived in whatever way you feel satisfied and you don't have to validate somebody else's opinions on what you're doing. All right, I'm going for question number two. Okay, question number two. I am in a big pickle. I have feelings for my boss. We used to work together at an old company as casuals. We flirted a lot. The sexual chemistry was infectious and all other staff picked up on it. Nothing ever happened from it because we both ended up dating other people. 1.5 years later, I now work for him and these feelings are resurfacing, but he's still with his partner. Although he never has anything particularly positive to say about their relationship. Might I add that even though he's in a relationship, he still somewhat flirts with me. He's just a very charming person, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) This is also affecting me at work. I'm a big believer in signs and the universe keeps throwing them at me. I feel like we could almost be soulmates. I don't know what to do. I'm holding off seeing other people because I don't want the timing to be off again. Ah, fucking abort mission. No, this I'm is, sorry. Red flag, red yeah, flag, red like, flag. Like I can't. Sorry, I can and I will, but I actually but I can't. can't. <laughs> okay. Yes. I think that there's sometimes in life we meet people and we think this is a sign. However, I also do think that sometimes we can look for things and turn them into signs because we want something so much. The sign here is that he is in a relationship. That's the big sign. And even if he is saying negative things about his relationship that's actually a reflection on him as a person like I think that that is such a dog act when someone comes and flirts with someone else but then also like see sows the seed of doubt that oh my relationship is a bit shit you know because it what they're doing by doing that is validating that their flirtatious actions are okay and they're saying to you they're giving you some hope the fact that you're putting your life on hold, the fact that you are limiting yourself from being able to meet other people means that this fixation you have on your boss is only going to grow. This fixation is going to develop into something and could become really fucking dangerous for you, not just in your workplace, but for your own like sense of well-being, for your self-esteem, for your self-worth. It is such a treacherous place to get into. And I think abort mission because I can't. It's also a pretty crazy thing when you think about it and I know you get stuck in the trenches we've all been there I've been there we love to romanticize a relationship and we love to imagine that something is 10 times bigger and better than it might actually be because we do look through things with rose-colored glasses sometimes well and I guess when you have no point of comparison like you've not actually experienced something you don't know what it would be at all. Well, this is the thing. You've said he could be your soulmate, but you've never, and I'm not saying you have to have been with someone to be a soulmate, but I sort of think you almost do. To say that someone is my life partner, like the person I should be for my whole life, but to have not even had a romantic relationship yeah, with wild. them is pretty wild. It's a pretty big call. And on top of that, it's one thing to say, I have these feelings for this person. I think they could be someone, but it's another thing to say, I'm not going to be with anyone else. I'm going to stop, put my whole life on hold for someone I've never been with that's in a relationship with someone else, that the most that they have done is you think the most that they have done is flirted with you. I have been in your spot where you have these feelings for somebody else that you can't have for whatever reason. I think we all go through that in life. He is, this is a fact, he is with somebody else 
I don't like the fact that he speaks badly about that relationship either. I don't think that says a lot about mm. him, especially that he's talking badly about his relationship to other people and people he's flirting with. He could be full of shit. His relationship could be brilliant, but he's just saying it to you as an excuse as to why he's flirting. And For that validation. could just be validation. It's just attention. Everyone loves to feel good and wanted and desirable. Everyone wants that attention. So I, for me, please don't... One thing that I've learned in life is don't put your life on hold for anyone. And even if that is someone you've been with, but for someone in this position, that's a bit of a power play, a bit of manipulation. He just wants to feel good. Don't put your life on hold. If you two end up together down the track, great, it will happen. But the worst thing you can do right now is stop the rest of your life for someone that's getting on with their life with someone else. Yeah. And I guess like with this question, the thing that would like, when you were reading that, the big alarm bell for me, I was like, nee, nee, nee. Comes back to this idea of chemistry. I think that we, and we've spoken about this on the podcast before, Mark Gross, we did an amazing interview with him. He is a relationship expert. Chemistry is such a misleading indicator of what a good relationship would be. Like you have this magnetic pull and that's actually really dangerous because chemistry in itself, without having any of the other factors, i.e. him being single, him like showing up, not just flirting, but like showing up as a good guy, him talking badly, like we said, both have already said, doesn't indicate that he's being good in his relationships. There are other areas here that say that this is a very, very toxic situation. And the only thing that you are going off and saying, this is my soulmate off, is the chemistry that you feel. Now we all know chemistry can lie and we all know that chemistry can actually lead us into really toxic situations. And for me, that is where this is going. So I think be very, very careful. And also just to sum this one up and wrap this one up, we do not have to be led completely by our feelings. You know, just because you feel something doesn't mean that you have to act on it. And it doesn't mean that it has to be a certainty. Just because you feel this attraction, just because you feel this pull, even if you feel like you might love someone, I think this goes out with a wider blanket, you are not your feelings. You can squash that and you can put other things in place to protect yourself because sometimes you have to think with your head over your heart. And that's very much this situation. Feelings can get you in big trouble. And also potentially fired. Okay, question number three. Help, please. I don't know if I'm overreacting or not. My boyfriend and I have been dating for about a year and we live together. We are 25. Well, I'm 25. He's 29. He sometimes likes to do cocaine. Dun, dun, dun. And I've always been against drugs. In the year that we have been together, he has only done it once, but now there is another party which we are both invited to and he says he's going to do it again. I don't want to be around that, so I said he could choose between me being there or him doing cocaine. Now he's saying I'm making him feel really guilty and he says he wants to do cocaine. We've had an argument about it and I feel really angry, upset and disappointed that he would choose cocaine rather than me coming to the party. What should I do? Should I be okay with him very occasionally doing coke or should he want me at the party more than drugs? <laughs> this is a big one. This is, okay, like, fuck, this is a really hard one to answer because, like, sensible, law-abiding citizen Laura wants to say, like, no, this is naughty, don't do drugs, you know. Like, of course, we're not going to sit here and say, like, everyone go out and try cocaine. That's not the conversation. Well, uh, I want to approach this from a different point of view. I want to take away the fact that this is drugs and I want to look at this is in the, it could be anything, right? But the fact is there's been an ultimatum put on your partner in the relationship. So this could be about doing drugs one night and obviously some things are worse than others. It could just be about him wanting to constantly go away with the boys. It could be about him wanting to travel overseas by himself. It could be about him not wanting to go to your Sunday family dinner with your family. It could be about him like having, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, the, the, the end of the day is you have gone to him and said, 
it's this or me. Make your choice. Maybe if that was approached in a different way, and I'm not, I am not putting this on you. I'm not saying it's your fault at all. But, but in relationships, either way, when when an ultimatum is put to someone like that, people feel a lot of pressure and stress, and they might actually make a decision that it could be inspired of you because they feel like you shouldn't be putting them in that situation. I think if push came to shove, I imagine if you said you choose Coke for the rest of your life or you be with me, he's going to be with you. I mean, that's what I would like to think. In this situation, he's obviously felt really pressured that you he might feel a sense of control, like he's not allowed to make his own decisions. This situation should have been, you did the right thing by saying, I don't want to be at that party while you're like that. Like, that's just how I feel. And then the best case scenario would have been like, well, he should have said, well, I really want you there, so I won't do it. We'll never know if he was ever going to say that because I guess he felt this threat and this pressure and this he I, I would have liked my boyfriend to have picked me 100 i would have i would be very upset as well in this situation if my partner said well fuck it i'm gonna go do drugs over being at a party with you i think this is a conversation you need to revisit very carefully and, and sit down and say i was really upset by this because i felt like this and i felt like this was more important to you in this situation and ask him why he made that choice and he might then come and say I felt really pressured by you. I felt like I had lost control. I felt like I wasn't allowed to have a say in my relationship. But I think that scooting around this and throwing these sort of um, ultimatums and accusations towards each other, it's not going to do any good in the relationship. So sit back and tell him how you felt. Ask him why he made his decision. Ask him why he felt. And just have a really open conversation about it. I think this is a really tricky one. It's so tricky. Because, okay, so I agree with everything you said in terms of it's really unhealthy to give someone an ultimatum in a relationship because if they don't pick the one that goes your way, you're then left unsatisfied, unhappy. And then what do you do with that? You know, if you give someone an ultimatum and they choose the, the other option, what's the consequences to that ultimatum? That's the big question, right? You just end up being hurt. But I guess my other part of this is – if you truly don't like being around him when he's done cocaine, even if it's once, even if it's once a year, even if it's so infrequently, which obviously in this instance, it is incredibly infrequently, then that's okay. You can choose not to go to the party, but you can't necessarily make him feel guilty for wanting to do it one time. I think if this was something that was like patterned behavior, if he was doing it every weekend, or even if this was something that became a constant source of conflict in your relationship, then I would say I would approach this very differently. But like if he's wanting to try something, if he's wanting to experiment with something one time, I don't think that we have control over our partners because of our views. Like if you view drug taking in one way, I don't think you can say to your partner, you, it's, it, you can't do this. Unless the you can't do this is so fundamental of like you don't want to be in a relationship with someone who does drugs at all. And if that's your views and that's your beliefs, then that's okay. But then the ultimatum doesn't actually lie with him. The ultimatum kind of lies with you and whether or not you want to be in a relationship with someone who wants to every so often recreationally take drugs. Well, yeah, I mean, the final question here is do I have to be okay with him occasionally doing coke? No, you do not have to be okay with it. But that's something you need to come to terms with. Yeah, and maybe maybe you don't have to be okay with it, but maybe if you want to be with him and he wants to do it occasionally you may have to accept it because you can't tell him what to do yeah so in yourself this is one of those things right when you go into a relationship and we always say what are your deal breakers what do you know you don't want in your relationship if you go into a relationship and you say i 100 i know i do not want to be with someone that ever touches drugs 
if this is going to be a problem for you if once a year he does it and you know that and you know you you might resent him for that or hold on to that anger or take that into a relationship, it causes fights, you feel really shitty, which you do, which is absolutely fine and warranted. If you know that that maybe that relationship's not for you, if he says, well, this is something important to me, I want to experiment a couple of times a year in this. I, I want to have this experience with my friends. I want to have these experiences. Then maybe that's something you guys need to talk about and say, well, if you know you want to continue this and I know it upsets me that much, maybe we're not together. If you can get to the point where you're like, cool, I'm happy for you to go and experiment once or twice a year. Don't tell me about it. Don't know about it. I don't want to see it. Don't come back to me off your head. Don't like, yeah. put, don't put that life on me and you know that you're okay with that and you won't hold that against them. Then that is definitely something you can talk about and stay in. And I guess like with this whole conversation, and this is a fucking tricky one to navigate guys, mostly because like we never want to be here saying, don't do like do drugs. Drugs are great. Like, or experiment. We fully understand how casual, like we would be lying if we didn't sit here and say, Cocaine is very widely used. A lot of people do and have tried cocaine, a lot of people. And so for some people, it doesn't feel like a big deal. If for you, it is a big deal. And it is also fucking illegal. We get it. But there are a lot of people who do not view it as a big deal. And you cannot make someone have the same approach or views as you. Just like a lot of people don't see marijuana as a big deal. It's illegal to a lot of people, not a big deal. And that's the thing is like, you have to be value-based aligned. You have to be aligned on how you see these sorts of things, or they will continue to come up in relationships and come up as a problem. So I think getting down to the core, having a conversation around why it upsets you, why are your values not aligned on this one? What can you guys do to work together? And if it's still something that he really wants to do, exactly as Britt said, accept whether this is something that you can navigate in your relationship and whether it's the relationship you want to be in. Is it a deal breaker? And that is it from us, guys. Another Ask Uncut done and dusted. Keep your questions coming in to our Instagram, Life Uncut Podcast. Slide into the DMs and just put the little heading Ask Uncut so we can see it. Hit us with your question. And on that note, we want to know your Ask Uncut aftermath. So we want to follow up on Ask Uncut. If we have ever answered any question, maybe it was yours, maybe you know it was your friend's, if there has been an outcome to that, something has happened, there's been a resolution, there's been a breakup, there's whatever it is, how it went down, we want to know that as well because we want to be bringing you those episodes. We have started doing some Ask Uncut Aftermaths because you guys want to know the answers as much as we do. So for that last question, if your boyfriend goes to the party and does cocaine, tell us what the fuck happened. Yeah, did you stay? Did you go? I don't know. Please keep them coming in and don't forget to mum, to dad, to dog, to your friends and share the love because we, we love love! love.